0: Butts and Guts, a Cleveland Clinic podcast exploring your digestive and surgical health from end to end. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Butts and Guts. I'm your host, Scott Steele, the chair of colorectal surgery at the Cleveland Clinic here in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. And I'm always excited to have repeat guests on and super excited to have Julia Zampano back, who is a dietitian in Cleveland Clinic's Digestive Disease and Surgery Institute. We're gonna talk a little bit about eating healthy in the new year. Julia, welcome back to Butts and Guts.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, you know, there are some people that actually don't listen to all of our episodes. So if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, Uh, you know, where are you from, where'd you train and how to come to the point that you're here at the Cleveland Clinic?
1: Yeah, so I am from originally born out of the country in Northern Macedonia, spent most of my life in Summit County in Akron, Ohio and completed my undergraduate degree at the University of Akron and completed my internship at the Cleveland Clinic. And I've been here ever since.
0: That's fantastic. And so today we're gonna talk a little bit about eating healthy in the new year. Now, throughout time, we always have people that are like, okay, I'm just gonna start this new blank, whether it's diet or um, a workout schedule or anything, quit smoking, quit drinking, do whatever it is. And it's always, they kind of point to that new year and they're coming off a time that's very difficult, right, the holidays and everything. So, you know, to start, you know, is there a diet out there that you would recommend for someone who has set that goal and and, and a realistic goal to kind of eat healthier in the new year?
1: I don't typically recommend a specific diet. I really just try to clean up their current diet. Sometimes, you know, that that individual might be looking for something more extreme to get get them really back on track. That's where we might look at, you know, really eliminating a a whole slew of things that are, are not helping that person stay on track. So, you know, thinking normal things like processed foods and sugar and fast food and packaged foods and really looking towards a whole foods diet. So I think that's really where I geared people towards, especially since we're coming off a season of so much indulgence and overeating and typically very laden in fat, sugar, and carbs.
0: So there are people out there that are listening that have never dieted before. As you said, there's a lot of different plans that are out there. How important is it to stick to the plan and kind of maybe part B to that question, how much time should you give yourself to realize this is working or not working?
1: Changing your eating habits affects so many things. So it affects your environment, it it, it taps into your behavior, and and so many things influence your eating habits. So I do think it's important to um, give yourself a transition period and set realistic goals, and attainable dietary goals, and then giving yourself at least a month. I like to say at least a month because you're gonna give yourself a week of transition um, and maybe the next three weeks that you're really kind of following it strictly, as strictly as you possibly can.
0: So a little bit about me, I'm from Northern Wisconsin and I grew up a pretty big meat eater. I've always been that way. And about a year ago, my daughter comes home and tells me that she's a vegetarian. And I I must confess, Julia, that I actually didn't even know exactly what that all entailed. And so I see these things and people get confused by the terms vegetarian and vegan. And so can you give us a little bit about kind of what, what is it mean to be a vegetarian or a vegan? What does that all involve?
1: Sure, so vegans and vegetarians both have one thing in common and they both do not eat meat. Some vegetarians will allow other forms of animal products in their their diet, so some eat fish, which is known as a pescatarian, some will eat dairy, some will eat eggs, and then other vegetarians won't eat any of those things. No fish, no dairy, no eggs. So that comes along with personal preference and choice as to what type of vegetarian you choose to to be. Vegans, on the other hand, omit all of those ingredients. So no eggs, no fish no meat and no dairy. And in some cases they go as extreme as not eating any um, honey or anything that comes from animal products or animals.
0: So maybe some tips in terms of if you're gonna do this or even if you know it's right for you. I We have people all the time, they're like, God, I heard about this and I really need to make life changes and they go to the extreme and they're gonna do that. Not that the vegan or the vegetarian is extreme, but they make a big jump from what they're traditionally doing. What, what are some tips if it was... Uh, Either one of those two, for example.
1: So if you're going extreme? Yeah. So again, I would try to take it one step at a time. So look at what your extreme goal is and see if that's really something attainable, but maybe taking little baby steps. Like for instance, if you're trying to eat less meat, I would say abstain from meat maybe three days a week or 50% of your week, and then allow a little bit of flexibility. And then as the time goes on and you get more comfortable eating meatless meals, then begin to take away more and more and more until you're... Abstained completely from meat. And then maybe taking that next step with same thing, eggs and dairy, if you're choosing to omit all of those things. So starting slow ends up leading to better long-term success. If you're looking at this as a very short-term plan, like a one month, knock it out of the park and I'm done, then that's a a different approach you might wanna take. You just kinda wanna do an all or nothing, knowing that you're only doing it for a short period of time. But if it's something you're really planning for the year, like a new year's resolution, I would say the slower you do it, um, the more time you have to adjust and the more likely you are to stick with it long-term.
0: So somebody asked me to ask you this, and if you don't know it, that's okay. But they said, how in the world does an impossible burger taste like a real burger? Is it just the spices and the sauces that they put in? do they add anything because they had that and they're like, I just don't get it.
1: So yeah, to some people it does taste similar. I can personally taste a difference, but I do think it's um, the texture and the color. So a lot of times the texture and the color can help us envision the real food we're eating. So that taste can kind of be enhanced that way. I think that it's designed to specifically do that. So I'm sure some of the, I'm sure they've added some smoke flavoring or some seasonings there that enhance that that flavor that you're looking for.
0: Fantastic. So truth or myth, determining a consistent eating schedule is just as important of a goal to have when prioritizing what you will be eating. So is it about the schedule?
1: Yeah, I think that's true. I think a schedule, being scheduled and being more strategic in the way you're eating will certainly help you lead to better outcomes in the end. And of course, what you're eating is extremely important as well. But if you're eating everything one hour before bed, that's not an an ideal situation. So I think both are equally as important.
0: So I know that there's different goals out there and some people just wanna get Uh, you know, healthier. Some people want to lower their cholesterol or reduce high blood pressure. And for others, it's weight loss. So, you know, is is exercising mandated in, uh, in each of those goals? Or if your weight loss, is it exercise a little more important? Or how does that all fit together?
1: In my opinion, I think exercise is essential. I think it's very important in so many ways. It builds lean muscle mass, it increases your metabolic rate, increases your, enhances your mood, it helps sleep and all of those things help you lose weight. So I think any kind of movement is essential when it comes to any uh, overall health goal.
0: Now, when we talk about getting people to quit smoking, we always say that it's very difficult for them to have another smoker in the home. What, what about diet, uh, is, is it possible? I, I can tell you, it's per, my wife feels like she's cooking two complete different meals, right? One for me and then one for my daughter and everything. So can you talk a little bit about accountability or a partner while uh, going through this process?
1: I really, really encourage Partnership. I think it really helps, especially if that partner is in your home because you're consuming most of your meals with them socially, you're most of the time with them. So I think a family member, a close friend, even a colleague, someone you see on a daily, regular basis is key to having when you're really looking at maximizing the success of your health goals or your diet goals or nutrition goals, whatever it may be. Because really that partner, when you're going to a party or going out to eat, you're gonna pair together to make the best choice. You're gonna work together and maybe share a meal or research a a restaurant you can go to or go to a party and bring a, a dish that both of you can share. It just makes the whole situation easier and a lot more fun so I highly recommend partnerships.
0: So let's talk about something that you just touched on, and that is eating out. Is it possible to diet and, and eat out? We have a lot of people who have, live a fast-paced life, or they're they're single and they don't have time to cook, or don't want to cook, or have that ability to get. You know, I see advertisements for all these meal plans all the time. Whether it is, um, but can you eat out and still go through a pretty good diet?
1: I do think you can the only caveat is that you have to be okay with being restricted. So when you eat out, there's a ton of unhealthy choices, and there may be two or three healthy choices. So you have to be okay with going straight to the healthy choices, choosing one that you like, and being okay with not always being able to have so many vast choices. So I think just having that restrictive thought process in mind to begin with, and knowing that like, this is a choice I'm making, I really wanna take my health to the next level, but I'm gonna eat out a lot. And even if it's fast food or takeout or quick, you you think about if you drive through a gas station and that's what you have, you may have one or two healthy choices and the rest are very unhealthy. So you have to just be okay with having a lot of limited choices and then getting good at understanding the places you can go that may give you more variety and seeking those places out.
0: So what are some tips that you have for helping people follow through with their nutrition goals over a little bit of a longer period of time? I think all of us can, you know, check the box of saying, you know, what are your New Year's goals or uh, any of that stuff, but to really make it stick and stay, what are your tips?
1: So we touched on one of them, that's a buddy system. So I think that's key, having a a partner, a buddy, or some form of an accountability, whether it be um, a tracking device, a logging device, an app, something of that sort, even a notebook where you write down what you're eating. So I think a buddy system, a tracking um, device, and then um, check-in. So reevaluating the goals you set. So maybe the first month you were gung-ho, you did great but then you're kind of falling off. So before you get to that full fall off period of time, catching that with reevaluating your goals and saying, I did great this month, these were the challenges, this is how I'm gonna modify my goal for the next couple months or the next month, go month by month or quarterly, whatever it may be, and be okay with modifications. And also, I always say my 100% is 80%. No one can ever do anything at 100%. All the time. So, as long as you're following something at 80%, I consider that 100% because there's 80% of life that happens and human nature that happens, and we have to build that in. So, don't expect 100%, expect 80%, but really give your all in that 80%.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic advice. And so now it's time for our quick hitters. And uh, since Julia was with us before, we got another set of questions for her. So if I was to grab your cell phone right now and find your little music selection, whatever your chosen app is, and hit play, what would be playing?
1: Um, Kaleo.
0: Okay, well, I'll have to look that one up. I'm not sure what that one is. Is that with a C-H or a K? Or? K. K, okay, we'll look at that. Up. What type of music is that?
1: Um, It's kind of like alternative rock.
0: Okay, good. So... Number two, so uh, even though you are a dietitian, I'm gonna just make a huge assumption here. I may be wrong, but what's your favorite ice cream?
1: Oh, definitely chocolate peanut butter.
0: Fantastic, I'm right there with you, by, by uh, bar none there. Uh, and then number three, so what is your go-to on a rainy day? Is it a book, a movie, curl up in bed, sit with a dog or cat? What What is your go-to on a just a rainy, dreary day?
1: Probably a movie.
0: Fantastic. And then finally, if you could go back uh, to yourself as you were maybe going into college or coming out of college and you were to find that person, give yourself a piece of advice, what would that advice be?
1: Probably to go easy on yourself a little bit more and just, again, like we said, reevaluate goals and live at 80% instead of always having to do 100% and live that other 20%. Well,
0: that's fantastic. And so can you give us a final take home to message for our listeners in terms of eating healthy in the new year?
1: Well, first of all, the new year and the holidays are such a, a magical, great time of year. So focus on enjoyment with the people you love and you know the traditions you like to instill during this time and, and make food and eating as a part of that, but don't focus so much on the, the overeating, but focus more on the, the social aspect of it and the joy that you find in others and during that time.
0: Well, that's fantastic. And as we hope, as we go into the new year, we're going to be bringing Julia back to talk a little bit more about kind of some dietary recommendations from the Cleveland Clinic directly as we talk about uh, her work in terms of the Cleveland Clinic diet. So more to follow on that. And so to learn more about nutrition therapy at Cleveland Clinic, please visit clevelandclinic.org nutrition. That's clevelandclinic.org slash N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N. You can also call 216 444 3046. That's 216-444-3046. Julia, thanks for joining us on Butts and Guts.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: That wraps things up here at Cleveland Clinic. Until next time, thanks for listening to Butts and Guts.